The first former president, Donald Trump, continues to make history. He's been indicted for the third time. He's charged with four criminal counts for his alleged role in attempting to overthrow the 2020 presidential election by knowingly spreading lies and pursuing illegal means to discredit the certification of the results. Lynn Sweet, Washington bureau chief for the Chicago Sun-Times, joins us now to discuss how the indictment could shape the 2024 presidential election where Trump is the Republican frontrunner and the future of our democracy. Hey, Lynn, welcome back. Thanks for having me. What was your reaction yesterday? Were you surprised by anything with this indictment? The uh, A few things that stood out for the takeaways uh, that I, I wrote about in, in my Sun-Times column that former President Mike Pence, now a presidential candidate, that he had contemporaneous notes of his calls with uh, then-President Trump. Another thing that I thought uh, jumped out was how simple the story was told, which meant that I think it helps our civic life to understand the indictment if someone wants to read it. It is a story. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. And just as the January 6th committee tried to tell a simple story, well, uh, without legal citations or this and that, uh, that uh, struck me when I read it. The other thing that, uh, among the other things that jumped out was, of course, and I'm not the only one to notice it, that there are six unindicted co-conspirators. Five of them have been named by various news outlets. But that overall, the spotlight on, was on Trump as he proceeded through the different stages of the scheme to overturn the election results. First, mm-hmm. try to persuade uh, officials in the seven key states that their counts were wrong and just to reverse them. Governors, state legislatures pressured them. That did not work. Court cases didn't work. And then you have another scheme that is part of the indictment to create phony electors to try and get the electoral college count in Donald Trump's favor. But that would only work if Mike Pence went along which he did not. Right. Let's dig more into some of that. The other two indictments, they deal with his actions, uh, Trump's actions before and after he was in office. Uh, This is the first to detail his actions as a sitting president. Now, many analysts, they're saying that the U.S. special counsel overseeing the case was Jack Smith, that he's putting the very core of democracy at the center of the case. What do you think? Well, uh, I have a few thoughts here, um, in no particular order. Uh, this is a, unlike each case is its own bucket. The hush money case in the New York State case, it's about a man trying to cover up, a married man trying to cover up an affair, and finagling and how he he used the money from business to do what, and how. Uh, it it is not a case that has unique legal issues if it involved anyone else other than a man who would become president and was in the midst of a campaign when it happened. Then we go to the documents case, which took place after he was president. And in a lot of ways, if, if, you, if you take apart the part of that case over maybe a debate over what is classified, what's declassified, it is kind of uh, an open and shut legal case. 
if you believe the evidence put out there, somebody took something that they weren't supposed to take, and when asked to give it back, they did not. Now, that's why, in terms of the seriousness of this case, it is the most serious because it goes to our system of government. The other cases are, despite the deep historic nature of criminal charges being filed against a former president, the, the actions itself are things you could come across in, in, in more commonly in other ways. The, this case filed yesterday against Trump, yeah. and we won't know the outcome for some time, it already has historic significance because it outlined the scheme that took place to try and overturn the presidency. And Sasha, the legal questions of whether or not it's this step or that step, Trump committed a crime, mm -hmm. will be determined later. But for history now, this indictment has laid out in a more, in, in a, adding to the detail the January 6th committee found as to what happened. So one yeah. more thought, let me get this out before we continue. After the January 6th uh, attack on the Capitol took place, we didn't quite realize at the time that the attack was the culmination of a series of events that led up to, to it. Uh, for a while, we kind of thought Trump said everybody come to Washington on January 6th, and then people just came. Mm -hmm. But it was part of a longer series of events that we now know took place where there are systematic efforts to overturn the election. And so everyone who's listening knows I'm not talking about Trump's absolute right, and this is mentioned in the indictment, to challenge results. He did. Absolute right to claim First Amendment rights to even say things that are false. Yeah. The difference is at a point, and that's the crucial issue here, at a point these things became allegedly unlawful yeah the uh, indictment really goes into detail describing all of his attempts to, to stay in power this is reset i'm sasha ann simons if you're just tuning in we are talking about the third criminal indictment against former president donald trump and how the charges that he attempted to defraud the u.s government and overthrow the election how all of that will affect the upcoming 2024 presidential election. Our guest is Lynn Sweet, Washington Bureau Chief for the Chicago Sun-Times. So these indictments, Lynn, they don't seem to be dissuading potential votes for Trump. I think it's quite the opposite. Since his first indictment in April, Trump's actually gained 10 percentage points, according to national polling averages. So I'm curious what this tells you about the success of Trump's messaging and, and that voters just don't seem to care that he might have committed actual criminal offenses. One of the secrets to the success of Donald Trump is his enormous ability to make people believe things even if they aren't true and to make people rally to his cause because they see something bigger than what, uh, than what the facts suggest yeah. is the situation. That is his uh, genius here. So the base that Trump has has remained loyal. Uh, the Republican challengers in the 2024 election have not figured out a way or a will, except for a few, and they're the ones polling in this. Every, every, 
you know, except for Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, and Trump, everybody's in the single digits. So I don't know if there's a lot to brag if you're between one and ten. But right, yeah, DeSantis, who was his closest rival, lags behind him by thirty percentage points. Uh, you've yes. talked, you've talked with voters who support Trump. What do you hear from them? What are they saying? Well, through through the years when I uh, deal with people on Trump, and I get people, I write a column saying, where, where today I beg you, just look at what somebody said about what did not happen in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or Nevada. Uh, it, it just does not matter. Trump said he won. And the predicate here is that you can't prove a negative. That is his success. So if we back up even more as to why does Trump keep insisting he won and people keep believing him, and I hope if I go down a rabbit hole too far, Sasha, pull me back up, Yeah. okay, the the election, some election laws uh, and use of uh, paper ballots, excuse me, of, of mail ballots and other ways of voting change because of COVID. If you take that as, therefore, every ballot cast under new rules is invalid or of suspect nature, you kind of get the uh, you get the drift of how people who are smart. I'm dealing with people there. There, yeah. No one would be called dumb or ignorant. It's a willful belief here, but the uh, and this is where I suppose, in some ways, civic education plays a role. How we vote changes all the time. When uh, I was growing up, an absentee ballot meant you had to actually go sign an affidavit saying, I will not be in Chicago on the Mm -hmm. day of the election, and I have to tell you where I'm going to be. I just can't say I don't feel I may be at work that day and busy, which you could do now. You know, we have voting week, not voting day. It might even be in some places a month. Uh, So that's what we're up against in terms of people choosing not to believe certain things. Yeah, so and, and the I thing is, myself out. Yeah, the, please go on. the indictment makes the case, I mean, to your point, Trump knew he had lost, right? Even when he was continuing to say that he hadn't. Uh, we know that f- it's on record that, that folks did tell Trump that he had not won the election. Pence, uh, senior leaders in, in Trump's Justice Department, Senior yes. White House lawyers, campaign there are staff. There eight categories of people in the indictment. But let me tell you the flip side here. Trump could say he had lawyers who told him there was a path that was lawful, he will say, to still stay in the White House. If the lawyers laid out, and some of them have been identified, John Eastman and uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, that if you do this and that, if you have this, if you could disqualify electors from this state, and you could do this and that, and we're lawyers, and we're telling you this could be a way to stay in office. If that's, uh, if you are convinced that you're just doing what your lawyers said you could do, uh, the fact that all these other people told you you lost the election, you could kind of understand a little more about yeah. what's going on. Multiple things can be happening at the same time. Right. Because I think at the core of it, 
You and I, Sasha, might agree on what the definition of a loss is. I had, according to the official votes, uh, you had more votes than I did, and then we look at the Electoral College, and somebody wins and somebody loses. See, we're operating under some different theories here that you don't lose, according to the Trump perspective Mm -hmm. that we have seen unfold. You don't lose until you have played out every hand, right? even ones that seem far-fetched. And that's why the indictment addresses the legal right to challenge the election results, and it says he went past what was legal. And that is a central point of the debate. Who says? Yeah. Who says? Now, I covered the 2000 recount, Bush v. Gore. I was in Florida for a month. At a certain point, when the Supreme Court ruled, Al Gore just said, we're done. And the nation went on. Now, there were some other legal things he could have done to keep it going. But at a certain point, uh, he decided that, and his team decided that uh, we have looked at everything in this and that, and the likelihood of success was such that it's time to concede. Yeah. That never happened here because every time you think you have come to the end of the road, Somebody on Trump, who influenced Trump found new ground to pave. So if Trump is selected as the Republican nominee, how would this challenge the, the precedent of a, a peaceful transfer of power? Well, if, if he won, I mean, if he were the nominee and he won, uh, I, I am pretty confident the Biden administration will be absolutely cooperative in the transition if he won. There, there, I don't think there's a question there on it. Now, will there? we saw mass protests, it's certainly a giant uh, remember, uh, protests in cities around the nation in Washington, yeah. where all the pink hats came out to of women mainly to protest uh, Trump's election. So no matter the outcome, I imagine people are going to feel passionately about it. But as we take this one step at a time, Looking just at the GOP presidential field, yeah. will these indictments uh, do anything to slow down the Trump momentum? So far, no. And, other, and, and looking at that field, do you think other presidential hopefuls, are they going to address this indictment, you think? I, I think they had to. So first you had to let it happen and see what the charges were. Sometimes I uh, I, I, I understand why if I... When you look at the field of the Republicans, and you're not uh, you're not Asa Hutchinson or Will Hurd, the Texas uh, former lawmaker, or the former New Jersey governor uh, Chris Christie, when you're not putting yourself there as in the anybody but Trump arena, uh, you want you, it was reasonable to wait and see what the indictment says. It's reasonable to wait a little bit and see if other co-conspirators are named in subsequent indictments. You don't have to show all your hand now about what and how you want to go after Trump directly, though Nikki Haley has said very clearly yeah. uh, there's just too much distraction and chaos or chaos around Trump. We'll have to leave it there. Lynn Sweet is Washington Bureau Chief for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you so much for the update. Thank you.